Well, I'm excited to welcome Brian Audia to the Convene podcast today. Brian's in Dallas, Texas. I'm in Southern California. Brian, welcome. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for your uh, not only love for, but your support as a partner and friend of Convene. I know you've been in a Convene uh, group in Dallas, and we think that's a good thing because so much that's good and true and beautiful about um, how business leaders use their companies as vehicles for the kingdom really gets birthed in a peer-to-peer group that we call Convene, and you know that firsthand, right? That's right. And I've been in Convene in a group for six years myself uh, under the tutelage, I guess that's the right word, of uh, Ken Styles. We call him the professor here. That's right. That's right. And And one of the greatest groups in the country, I'm telling you, it is just a fantastic group. Exactly. Uh, So um, I want you to tell our listeners just a thumbnail sketch of of you, because I'm sure you'll do a much better job than me trying to recite it. But I feel like we're kind of cut from the same cloth. You you and Mm -hmm. I are, um, can I say, practitioners, not theologians. we, we, we like to pretend that. like we're theologians from time to time, right? That's it. We get the full orb perspective of the theology of work and the practical right. nature of trying to make make a buck. Um, we were with a gentleman, uh, uh, Terry Looper, who is somebody you might know because he's a Houston oil uh, exec, multi-billion dollar company. <clears throat> and at the end of the day in a podcast we were doing, he said, I'm just a peddler. Hmm. And uh, really, that's kind of what we all are, if you want to boil it down to the nubbies, but tell listeners who you are. (laughs) I'll say three things. First of all, uh, I love Jesus. And uh, I hope that everything that I do in my work, uh, that he pours out of me like living water. Uh, one of my pastors, former pastors, used to say, if you're full of living water, people around you should probably get wet. So I hope that's the case. Uh, the next thing you should know about me is that I have an incredible wife behind me and uh, family of three boys. And so I'm a, a dad and a husband uh, as my primary ministry. And uh, my wife is just an incredible uh, person. She was born to be a mother, but she is also a business executive. And I've learned as much about leadership from her as probably anybody else. Uh, and then finally, there's this idea that I think we'll talk about as well um, today, Greg, that I believe that business is a tool for human flourishing. And so uh, we have a consulting group that I've owned since 2009 and built uh, as a national client base. Uh, And we do all kinds of things. Our what's are strategic planning and team building and executive coaching and and, uh, things like that. But it's all driven towards helping businesses perform at a higher level and to help the humans flourish within those businesses. Because I think if you've got a business that is full of thriving people, it is very likely that your business is going to thrive. You know, it's it's interesting. Uh, something that I love to talk about really dovetails with what you just said, and it's John chapter 17. Oh, come on, right? Come on. 
And here's Jesus, right? Since you love Jesus and I love Jesus, we will talk about this moment. I, I, I think it's a kind of a quintessential moment because here's Jesus and he knows that he's about to be done. He knows in John 17, he's about to leave planet Earth. He knows mm -hmm. this is one of the last nights. And there he is with the, the team, right? That's right. And he prays and says to God, essentially, you gave me these, what, tasks to do? That's not the first thing he says. He says, <laughs> you gave me these people. That's right. You gave me these people. That's right. I showed them you. I completed the work that you sent me to do. Mm -hmm. I'm in you, Jesus saying, I'm in God. You, yeah. God, are in me. I am in them, and I'm out of here. Yeah, right. I kind of thought, you know, the if, if you're on your deathbed and you think, you know, the doctor tells you death is imminent. You used mm -hmm. to run a ten million dollar company, but you got cancer and you're dying. You don't say, "How's the EBITDA tonight?" <laughs> right? You say, "I had a hundred people." I hope you say, I had a hundred people that God gave me. I showed them Jesus. That's right. And I did the work that you wanted me to do, not to not to put the work in second place. That's right. Uh, right? Because making great tables is really important and making great software is really important and making spaceships that fly to the moon are, it's, it's all super important. That's right. We can't leave out the people. So talk about that. Yeah, listen, I think it's primarily about the people. And so uh, we kind of have this principle that um, if the business is full of thriving people, it is highly likely that your business is going to thrive. So it's not a dichotomy. You can have both. But let's start with what's most important in God's economy, which is, to your point, none of these ratios that we look at as business people all the time. It's how are the people doing? Are the people thriving? Uh, ultimately, the platform that God has given us as business leaders is a ministry platform. So when he's given us these businesses, it's a ministry. And the first line of ministry for us is, is our employees and the contractors that work for us. It's not even the customer, right? You've heard this, customer is king, customer comes first. That is absolutely incorrect. It is your employee comes first because they're the ones that serve the customers. And so I think of it like uh, you filling up a glass of water out of a pitcher. And when that glass, your employee is full of water and that water spills over onto the table, that's customer service. Uh, and so we've all been served by people who love the company, that are happy, that are treated well and are thriving and they give great service. And so when the employee does well, the, the customer does even better. And when the employee is doing well and the customer is doing better, the shareholder is better, right? So, so this platform that you've been given is a stewardship issue. And it is not primarily about the money. It is primarily about the people. In uh, the company I worked for for 20 years, we were $9 billion. It was called Service Master. And what we said is, and, and first, I guess I have to say what our, our four objectives were to make this make sense. So number right. one, number one, honor God in all we do. Amen. 
Number two, pursue excellence. Number three, uh, uh, help people develop. Number four, grow profitably. And yeah. people would say, why is profit last? And we would say, well, if we, you know, if we don't have profit, we don't actually have a company to honor God. So our, our ultimate objective is to honor God, but we can't do it without profit. So our president wrote a book called uh, The Soul of the Firm. I think it was called The Soul of the Firm, where yeah. in a chapter, he has a chapter called Profit is a Virtue. What's right. the virtue? The virtue of profit is that we can actually have a company that honors God. We can't have a company that honors God that is not profitable. It's called bankrupt. <laughs> right. You need resources to invest in uh, the people and products. And uh, listen, uh, I think part of products and services, investing in them and developing them, I love the pursue excellence piece too, is something that is very honoring to God. And that's a reflection of God's character because he's a creative God and he wants us creating great things that honor him. And so, you know, there's this idea that, uh, by the way, my favorite economist of all time is, uh, is uh, I'm going to let him go nameless because I'm going to say the one thing he he said uh, wrong. Right? It was Milton Freeman was his initials. I'll just give you that. Uh, he said that the purpose of business is to create value for the shareholder. And even though so much of everything he said and did was so dead on the money, uh, so to speak, that set business management back 50 years. Because that is not the purpose of business, especially when we understand God's kingdom. Uh, the purpose of business is that human beings would flourish and that we would advance the human race in accordance with God's will. And so uh, pursuing excellence, developing great products that change people's lives, serving people in a God-honoring way and creating value certainly leads to, to wealth creation, which is good and healthy and holy as well. Okay, somebody's listening out there in the world and they're saying, okay, Brian, Greg, that all sounds very esoteric and very wonderful, even though you said some things about profit and you said, <laughs> you know, right. how do I do this? I, I, somebody's saying, okay, I believe in people. I'm, I'm a person who loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a board of directors or shareholders. I've got 50 employees and we're just pedal to the metal, work, work, work. Um, if somebody leaves, I replace them. Right. Uh, um, I make money so I can give to the Jesus film or my church, which by the yep. way, since a lot of people are listening, there's nothing wrong with giving money to the Jesus film. <laughs> That's right. And I give money to the Jesus film and I love the Jesus film, the most sure. successful evangelistic tool in history. But... <laughs> Is it true you're supposed to just make money to give away to missions? And like, how do I implement these big ideas that you're espousing? Yeah. Hey, listen, I love the idea of creating a profitable business or even taking it off the top line as a commitment and, and uh, giving to these uh, very worthy causes. Uh, that's absolutely something that is healthy and holy. Uh However, I would, I think you would agree with this, Greg, I, I would just challenge people to think about that being a secondary way that you give back, a secondary type of ministry, and that the primary way of developing your business should be to think about the business itself as the primary ministry, 
and the people that work for you as your primary um, ministry uh, specific focus. And so uh, one of the things that we'll look at, the, it's not just the right thing to do from a God perspective. Every single person that comes to work for you should be in a position to thrive and become every single thing that God ever intended for them. They should flourish in the work that they do for you. They, whether they're, they're on a janitorial team or they're in the executive boardroom or anywhere in between, they should be developed into the greatest thing that they could ever develop uh, into because that will honor God. That's what he made them for. And they'll create. And when, when you take somebody, let me go off on this for a second. You take somebody and put them into your organization and it's a healthy culture that honors God, that delivers great products, that makes a profit, all those. And you put them in a position to succeed because they're in the right role and responsibility for the way they're wired and you put a team around them that makes them better, that encourages them and holds them accountable and uh, supports them, and they have a path to grow and you invest in their development. Those people go home and they're better spouses, they're better parents, they're better neighbors. And you do that with enough households, you change a community, you get enough businesses doing that in a community, you change a city and you can change a state and you can change the world that way. So I think it's it's buying into that philosophy first and then committing to systems that will deliver that type of uh, company. So, Brian, that, that is the radical opposite to what some people listening might believe, which is uh, employees are there to provide value for me, the owner, to accomplish my company's objectives and that's how I see it. What would you say to that person? Yeah, I would say respectfully, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. Uh, For all the reasons you just, you just said. Yeah. Listen, uh, it goes back to this great quote in Braveheart that William Wallace had, right? That was uh, along the lines of when he was speaking to the leaders, you think that uh, the people are here to give you position, but you're in this position to give the people freedom. And that is the truth. And by the way, I'm not saying just to go back to that profit thing that we've already said, said this, but I'm going to drive a stake in the heart here. We're not saying you can't have profit. As a matter of fact, all the research and data and science says you build your business this way, by the way, which was the way I feel like God wants businesses built. It's in his word. It's been there for millennia. Uh, you build your business this way. You can have your cake and eat it too. Because the, the companies that have the highest level of technical employee engagement in any industry, in any market will always over time outperform markets and competition. So build it the, long, the right way, God's way, play the long game and invest in the people and you're going to win in business too. Have you, uh, so for those people listening, think they might think we've known each other for 20 years, but we've kind of just, <laughs> just met recently. Have you heard of the service profit chain? Oh, sure. So the service profit chain basically says that when you have a new employee and you give him the last employee's t-shirt, that's the wrong size. <laughs> with a stain on it and you apologize, you bring them to their workspace and you, you say, I'm sorry, we didn't get to clean the desk out from the last guy. Mm -hmm. 
And oh my gosh, there's some spilled juice and French fry, you know, chili from the last guy. I'm sorry. Uh, this is not how we treat our customers. And so we want you to treat our customers with excellence. All right. They look and they go, well, you just gave me a shirt the wrong size from the last guy that hasn't been washed with a stain on it. And you gave me a desk full of junk. And you tell me this is not how you want me to treat our customer, but you just treated me that way. That's right. So, as you know, Service Profit Chain says, when you do that, profit goes down. When you do sure. that well, and the opposite of all those silly examples I just said, give them a fresh, clean shirt that is their size with a nice, clean desk and a nice chair. The chair's not broken. The computer works. And you say, this is how we treat our customers. And they go, well, obviously, and profit goes up, right? That's right. That's exactly right. The way you treat your people will spill over onto everything. And when the employees are not only satisfied, but highly engaged, uh, guess what? They don't take as many sick days. You don't have as much turnover. It's built in innovation. They, when they're motivated by, by your purpose and they're treated well and respected and developed, they come up with ideas you never would have come up with. Uh, they come up with ways to save money for you. They will come up with better routing systems. They will, it's built in innovation. It's built in cost cutting. It is uh, uh, built in less sick days. It's built in less turnover. Listen, we've got a client right now in Houston, just popped in my head as we're talking about this, that is, uh, has put these principles into play and they are on track to save $1 million in real dollars in turnover this year. So uh, you can have unbelievable financial benefit by doing it the right way. And that's what I want to encourage people to consider. We, um, Convene has a, um, a group in Chicago. I won't go into grand detail on this because it's a bit, of, a bit of a rough story. And they are a trucking organization that ships product. Across the street is another trucking organization that ships product. Yeah. And an employee walked in the door of this very large company and said, I'd like to work for you as a truck driver. And they said, well, this is kind of how it works here. We pay you like this and this is how it goes. And it was all very normal and right and good. And, you know, nothing's nothing cheap. Right. And they said, well, I think I'm just going to go across the street because over there they pay me like this, which is what I want. They pay me more. They pay me a bonus to sign on and I can pick my whatever days. Right. So right. the days of saying, look, you work for me and this is how it works here. So if you want to be blessed by working for me, you can accept my terms. Aren't those, aren't those days kind of over? <laughs> oh my gosh. You've heard of the great resignation, right? Yeah. Uh, Listen, and, and there's some really recent stuff here in the last couple of weeks that's come out of McKinsey to say this is not a short-term trend. This is a tectonic shift. And I think you can sit there and argue and try to make it the way it was back in the day in the good old days, which I'll argue weren't so good. But the idea here that you can just assume that you're going to pay somebody some money and they're going to give you everything that they've got in discretionary effort is just patently ridiculous. Okay. Uh, nobody wants to be treated that way. Yeah. And they would, the, the company that gets this wrong would say, well, I am the third generation running this company. And when mm -hmm. my grandfather ran it, that's mm -hmm. how it was. It's that's not right. how it was anymore. Those <laughs> that's right. 
No, that's exactly right. And I would just say that uh, if you think about this, uh, actually, when I uh, speak for some of the convened groups around the country, we talk about this uh, in depth. And so I think there's a real principle here is that uh, Tracy Maylett, Dr. Maylett from BYU wrote a, a book on this, and he talked about um, how important the mission and purpose of the organization is, and that if you attract people and build a purpose-driven brand um, in a way that motivates and inspires the workers and they want to join you, uh, not only are you already committed to taking care of them and getting them the benefits they need and, and paying them properly and treating them well, but they'd be willing to take less because they're motivated by the purpose anyway, and they're going to give you more effort. And what Dr. Maylette says is that if, you, um, if you're just trying a transactional approach with an employee, hey, I pay you this, give me this much effort. No employee ever thinks they're getting paid what uh, get, they're uh, getting paid what they're worth anyway. So that's going to be a constant downward spiral if you're just trying to have a transactional relationship with your employees. And where is in the Bible does it say treat your employees like they're machines or animals? Uh, it doesn't. So the first thing here is buy into the philosophy and then get practical in the systems to support what you're uh, saying you want to do. Mm -hmm. Uh you may remember I worked in the academic side of life for 13 years. So uh, this word, my degrees in education too, by the way. There you go. This word that you used, human flourishing, yeah, I think is a word that emanated from academia, and that's okay. But I think a lot of business leaders might think it's um, a little bit esoteric. Is mm -hmm. there is there some other words you would use for? create human flourishing like for me sure. it's i would say love people but what what, what would you sure. say you said oh that sounds very lofty now listen i i love those words i love loving people i i want it to be uh very practical and something that can be measured too by the way and so uh enriching the lives of others uh changing lives flourishing um any of those uh, ideas are the right idea. Uh, I go back to, to, to use love. I'll go back to what I'll say are the core values of the New Testament, the fruit of the spirit. And so uh, love, joy is second. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to say, start with love. That's the greatest, but joy is the idea. If I was just going to put it in one word, I want my employees to have joy and what they're doing. Listen, uh, we need to make money. That's important in business. It's important, no question about it. But people were made to make meaning, not money. And so long before there was, there was money, God gave us work to do. And it's important for us to flourish in the work that we're doing. And so as a business owner, I just want primarily my focus to be on how do I set people up for success? And if I can do that, my business is going to be successful. I will trust that to God. David Ulrich, number one HR speaker, guru in the world, uh, did a longitudinal study. And he said uh, to employees, what's the number one thing you want out of a job? And their answer was what you just said. Their answer was the number one thing I want is meaning. 
Yes. But I think that most employers think the number one thing people want is a paycheck. And it's actually both. They want to get Mm -hmm. paid. Yeah, that's right. If they can work for a place that has meaning, I think they'd maybe take a little less. But, you know, we won't. Yeah, that's right. But the point is, I think most employers think employees don't want meaning, but the studies say they do. It's number one in every study, every single one. It is, and this is why I love helping uh, companies develop purpose-driven brands. Because if you will build a strong brand around your purpose that gives great meaning to what you're trying to achieve as a company in a long term, not only do the employees give more of their discretionary effort, they want to come and work for you. They, you're, you're bringing embers warm embers into the fire of the company and it becomes a blaze because they already resonate with your purpose and they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And so I don't think we're having these conversations enough at the leadership level. You may think it's about money. And let me just say to to check that box, money is one of the drivers of engagement. But in every study, Meaning is number one, and money is the last driver. It is the one that moves the needle the shortest, and it is also the one uh, that uh, moves the needle and discretionary effort um, the least as far as effort's concerned. So it is important, but it's the least important. Yeah. So someone uh, listening to the the time that we're having here might be saying, okay, I need help. I'm in, but I need help. Uh, how can they find you and get some help? Sure. Well, our website, goaudia.com, G-O-A-U-D-I-A, uh, is an easy place to get in contact with this. Uh, they're certainly welcome, especially those on this podcast, to email me directly. Uh, so baudia at goaudia.com uh, is an easy way to do that. Uh, I would say this in relation to what's needed uh, sequentially, when I speak, here's what I usually see is, uh, first of all, buying into this philosophy that, hey, you know what, I might not have it figured out. I might have some questions on whether this is really going to be profitable or not. It will be, I promise. But even if you're second guessing that, uh, but the Holy Spirit of God is convicting you that what Greg and I are talking about is correct and you want to dive into a little more, the first thing is buying into the philosophy uh, and that this is the right thing. What I'm listening to is correct. God is affirming that. And if you buy into that philosophy, then the next level is just how do I create the operational systems to support what I'm saying I want to achieve with my business? And that's what we go in and work on uh, with these businesses. Cool. Well, I feel like I want to ask you, what's your favorite leadership book of the last 25 years or so? What What would you say? Listen, I, as you can see behind me, Greg, because we're on the uh, the Zoom, I've got a few books up here on the uh, on the uh, uh, table. Yeah. And so uh, I love Patrick Lencioni's The Motive. Okay. Because it's talking about uh, it's talking about this idea of uh, purpose and and mission. So just a fantastic book. Cool. Well, Brian, uh, thanks for your partnership with Convene. We're very grateful. Thanks for your membership with Convene. But maybe most of all, 
thinks that you're helping businesses around the world to really get it and really be a, a company that honors God, that advances the kingdom, and that helps people flourish or aka feel loved. We're grateful. I'm uh, just completely honored to be here, and and uh, I'm just another voice that God's using. There's so many, uh, even listening to this podcast, that I've learned from. So uh, it's a real honor, and thank you, for Greg, for everything you've done as well. Thank you.